Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Bungie announcing they'll be removing content in the next annual pass. I'm going to talk to you about what that might look like. It was in Luke Smith's Director's Part 3, his Director's Cut. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now, so click the link below if you want to catch me live, interact with me, and do these Q&A sessions to be part of what we do. If I'm not live, you can always follow the channel. If you're watching or listening to other locations, hitting the like and subscribe button is an easy way to help me out. So... Uh, first thing I'm going to do is read you exactly what Luke Smith said, because so, a lot of this I think is getting lost in translation. I think people are trying to be way too charitable with their reading of this. I know people are trying to be positive and hopeful, but it's very clear from Luke Smith's verbiage that there will be things added in the new annual past content that they envision falling out and not being in there, like it'll actually be taken out of the game and then replaced with new activities in the next season now there's aspects to this that aren't just them trying to like take content away from you there are you know there are technical limitations and other things he doesn't really get into the technical aspect of it but he does basically announce that they will be doing this uh the second thing we're going to talk about is the good so i'm going to read to you what he's what he's doing like what he says and then i'm going to talk to you about the good i do think there's good reasons to do this i think there's good ways to look at this but i also think there's bad we're going to end with the bad so stick with me till the end if you want to hear about the bad because some people are going to think i'm just defending bungie i think there are reasons behind this so the very first thing he says is he says during season eight a new situation will unfold on the moon and over the course of the season parts of the game will change before the situation culminates in an event that ultimately resolves it and its content will be exhausted but this resolution sets up the events for season 9 which again adds something new to the game and resolves it something that too will go away but not before setting up season 10 etc so the idea here is that they're always sort of ramping up and doing something setting up an event and then rolling in to the next thing then he says this he says this differs differs from last year's annual pass with permanently added activities to the game this year we'll see events that last for three months and offer new rewards to chase although at the end of that period some of the activities will go away for a time the rewards will too but we also acknowledge a part of playing destiny is collecting all the stuff so in future seasons the weapons and legendary armor associated with these seasonal activities will be added to other reward sites so he's clearly drawing a comparison here he's saying in the old annual pass these activities stuck around permanently and the new annual pass structure these activities will go away he says i alluded to some of you when we were looking back that the game has continued to grow forever and it isn't something we can support destiny simulation fidelity and architecture fundamentally make it a big game i've seen a lot of well x game does it why can't destiny but the reference games and ours have very different technical profiles technical limitations aside we also don't think making a game that grows forever is destiny's path forward it's why the second company a component of the vision is a single evolving world. To clarify, that doesn't mean just one place that you go, one destination. He says, you were there with your friends, got the gear, weapons, and remember it by that, and that made great memories in Destiny. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so essentially what he's saying is, the impetus here is he's letting us know the new annual pass is going to be different. Activities will be introduced that go away at the end of the season. He's not talking about the Vex invasions. He's not talking about like something like the Verdant Forest. He's talking about things associated with the annual pass content. This is content you have 
paid for. That needs to be clearly stated. Now, he can clarify this later and say exactly how it's going to work out, exactly what it's going to look like, but people are reading this a little bit too charitably. They're like, oh, it's probably just the free event, so it's probably just the Vex invasions. He is very much so making it clear this is a comparison to the old annual pass to the new. Stuff that you paid for, okay? Let's talk about the good first. Let's not just be negative here. I do think there's good to this. There's good reasons to do this first. This means that they are learning how to pivot within their own game world because they are going to run out of uh, out of space and they're wanting content to stay relevant okay a lot of the problems with the game right now is an activity is introduced and then it falls by the wayside and we don't do anything with it ever again we've talked about that with the osiris forge we've talked about that with escalation protocol and the blind well definitely there is a clustering around activities we kind of already do this anyway and this means that bungie's focusing on maintaining relevancy making sure the content that they give us stays relevant and meaningful that's a good thing that's something that we want the other thing about this is i think it fits well with an a la carte model so you don't feel this need to i really got to catch up with the old annual pass you definitely felt like you were behind you need to go get all those things again go run those activities again that's definitely not going to be the case now this fits a little bit better with an a la carte model if you skip the winter season and then the spring season comes up you don't feel like you're missing out number one if you miss out on rewards no worries they're going to get filtered throughout the game you didn't miss out on getting let's imagine the forges went away kindled orchid would be somewhere else you'd still be able to get it but you wouldn't feel like i have to go back and do all that stuff and catch up again i am going to highlight the bad but these are some good things about this structure this is a little bit more accessible to newer players keep in mind they have a free entry point they have new light they're letting people come in for free anytime they want and then if they want to jump into annual pass content this structure makes it a little bit easier for them to do that it also helps the game feel fresh and evolving because we're always getting something new something that is happening this is going to feel a little bit more like a subscription model every couple of months you're paying ten dollars and then you're getting access to all the newest and latest and greatest stuff subscription model for hobbyist style games for game of service games is essentially the way forward i don't think there's in any ifs ands or buts around it there's got to be some semblance of a subscription model because you're essentially paying to keep the game going to keep the content flowing to keep everything up and running and this is this is an, a version of that it's an evolution of that Play, paying ten dollars every three to four months is not out of the question it's not that expensive you're not paying a monthly fee okay now let's talk about the bad i want to look at both sides here there are definitely legitimate criticisms of this model and bungie's gonna have to get out in front and speak to that you can't drop this bombshell and then run off to gamescom like they're gonna have to be some qualifications in a blog post this week in the twab to really explain what exactly they mean so let's look at the bad purchase content going away just isn't gonna sit well with everyone if you would have bought black armory and then they took the forges away and they're like oh don't worry all those weapons will be available in season of the drifter what if you really don't like the new activity what if you really like the forges but you can't stand reckoning which is a a pretty common feeling in the community right so if that's the case you're not going to want to see that content go away there's a big risk here that you develop a really strong affinity for something that you find fun and appealing but you don't like the new thing that they added that's going to be a bit of a bummer to see that piece of content go away it's also not going to be a very accepted thing since people sort of feel like i paid for that that's why they're going to really have to put forth the idea that this is essentially a subscription model you're just con- you're just paying to stay you know, in the new stuff and stuff's going to get retired and pushed out, you know, and kind of removed sometimes folks like to go back and revisit and 
you know, they develop favorites. We already talked about the fact that you develop favorites, but people like to go back and revisit. They like to go back and do the old activities. They like to go back and do Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, or the Forges. Maybe they didn't get a gun, so they're willing to go back. Now, they don't need to go back to get the guns. As he said, the weapons, will, the, the loot will be dispersed in other places of the game. But still, people like to go back and revisit content, content that they paid for, and I think that's a legitimate criticism of this model. It's like, man, you're literally going to take things out of the game that I like to go back to periodically. The rewards come forward, which is nice, but imagine losing forges and being forced to run something like Reckoning. It's not really your choice anymore. It's like, oh, here's new content, here's the new loot. If you want the new loot, you gotta go here. But it's like, well, I missed out. I didn't get the role that I wanted. Now I gotta go into activities that I don't like anymore. Forges to Menagerie probably would have been fine, and I think that's the key. And that's probably the hardest thing that Bungie is facing right now. If you would have gone from the Forges to Menagerie, and Forges would have gotten retired, and Menagerie would have gotten introduced, nobody would have complained. They'd been like, oh, this isn't that bad. The Menagerie's really good. They give us volition. They give us, you know, it's, it's a really fun activity. It's not failable. It's six-man. It's pretty nice. You could definitely see people saying, you know, this isn't that bad of a pivot. You know, the new content's pretty nice. But that's the key. Bungie has to basically develop content that is good enough to be enjoyed, but not so good that when it's replaced or taken out, you're really, really angry. And I don't know how you strike that balance. How do you add content? How do you add, you know, loopable content to the game that is just good enough that people enjoy it? But when you retire it, they're not going to, you know, get out their pitchforks. They're not going to get super, super angry and take to the streets. That's going to be probably the single greatest challenge that they face in the development of this because they're going to be adding things that we want to engage with. Now, here's how I see this happening. I could see them doing something like the Verdant Forest, but having it last a whole lot longer and having a loot pool. Then the Verdant Forest goes away, and you kind of know, oh, it's not that big of a deal. That was That's basically like a free activity. But again, if you're paying for it, that's where I think people are going to get really frustrated. I think all of this bolsters my idea about recycling old content because it's already in the game and you don't have to worry about taking it out you don't have to worry about it being removed or taking up too much space if you add a loot pool to escalation protocol or the original forges or blind well or the old or the new forges or you make reckoning better if these things get replenished in six to nine months you don't have to worry about retiring them or them taking up too much space so i do think people are going to have to grow accustomed to two things being true number one paying for content doesn't mean it's always there it's more of a subscription model where the world evolves and changes and activities may go away. Number two, you might have to be okay with the fact that they start recycling and repurposing old content because they're going to run out of space. There are technical limitations on the game that's going to require them to do this. As always, if you're listening to iTunes, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, the Q&A is about to follow. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about removing content. Luke Smith made a remark in his Director's Cut Part 3 about this. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. There's a link below. Click on that if you want to come hang out in the stream live. If I'm not live, you can always click the follow button. Uh, You can always hit like and subscribe on YouTube as well. So we're just going to jump right into the questions. For those of you that are here live right now, I'll give you a brief summary. Luke Smith at the end of his Director's Cut Part 3 did indicate there would be activities added in the annual pass and then removed the next season. And it did make it very clear these would be things you're paying for. He drew a contrast between the old annual pass and the new. This is not free event stuff. We're waiting for clarification from him, but obviously some concerns about paid content being retired. So Maverick 8. 
Can Bungie split the DLC like ESO and just allow players to keep the DLC installed if they want that content? I don't think so because this sounded like it would be a game-wide change where they would even take the loot. Like, let's just imagine one of the forges went away. They would take the loot you can earn in that forge and put it somewhere else because he did acknowledge we wouldn't want people to not be able to get the loot eternally. You'd still be able to get that, but it would be in a separate part of the game. It wouldn't be in, you know, that spot anymore because they'd be retiring that activity. Barbarian Grim. In terms of removing content, do you think it is just future content or will they be considering moving past content like Forges Menagerie ETC? Now, I don't think so because the way he described it, each season is going to set up a progression throughout the season. So things will lead one to another. It will end in a culmination and then that thing will be retired at the end of the season. So it did sound to me like this would be an encased thing. It's not like they're going to go in and start cherry picking and removing content. One of the reasons they're probably not going to do that is you're going to go into these annual passes with eyes wide open. You are going to know that when you buy the winter annual pass that pieces of it will be retired and then sort of replaced with new activities with the spring annual pass okay so that's definitely you at least are an informed consumer i don't think it would be as cool to go in and say oh a escalation protocol is gone now because you know people be like i didn't know you were going to do that when i bought it that would be a little bit of a bait and switch but it's different when they tell us on the front end if they tell you on the front end hey you know we're we're making sure that, you know, you you know ahead of time stuff's going to be retired in this annual pass before you buy it. So there's good and bad here. I talked about that in my video. I think some of the good is that it makes it easy for people to jump in with new light. You know, how many players are going to be constantly hitting that free entry point and then wanting to jump into a season. Every season's sort of contained. Every season's, you know, this is the relevant content. The game's not just continually filling up with content that becomes irrelevant like Escalation Protocol, Osiris Forges, Blindwell, even the Forges from Black armory those things just slowly kind of sit and collect dust in the game anyway so this is a way to kind of prevent that from happening mizuki blue what do you think each season setting up the next will be like this seems great compared to what we've got in the past bungie not giving us conclusions to a lot of things well right the old annual pass another benefit here that i didn't highlight in my video that you just kind of softly highlighted that i wish i would have highlighted in my video is this gives it more of a living world feel and a continuous story feel black armory had zero relation to drifter drifter had zero relation to Season of Opulence and that made it feel not even episodic. It felt like a variety show. It wasn't like, I mean, episodic you would think it would at least relate to the previous or, you know, or the one before it. This is going to give a little bit more of a of a flow to the narrative that I believe was missing from the last annual pass. Uh, Ave Cop, or Cope, I'm sorry, Ave Cope. Do we know if Exotic Armor will be elemental with Armor 2.0? We actually don't know. However, we did tweet an image of the that that Hunter helmet, um, and that Hunter helmet is is showing as Arc Energy. It's showing as Arc Energy. So I don't know if it's always Arc Energy. That Assassin's Cowl helmet that I tweeted does have Arc Energy. So. Um, Jeff Keeley tweeted it will be a cinematic reveal. Okay, so an hour and 18 minutes, you guys will be able to watch this with us, so don't go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. If you can't re-roll... Dude, if, if you can't re-roll the energy of an exotic, that'll be very, very interesting um, with how they set that up. I don't I don't honestly know how much uh, they're, they're going to want to do that. Oh, somebody sent me a DM of the full map. Thank you. 
Uh, you know, we'll obviously have to wait and see how that plays out because maybe they're going to bring back glass needles. I, I don't know. There, there's a there are so many different ways this could play out. You know, there's a lot of different ways this could this could play out, and yeah. I don't know. That, that that's that's slightly concerning with the restriction on the elements, but not super concerning because there are generic perks you can use. But exotics being statically married to an energy, they say it'll be random when dropped. Yeah, but you can't farm like for a shards of Galanor. You know what I'm saying? You can't go farm for a pair of shards of Galanor. Maybe they're gonna give us a way to do that through Zur, because I don't think Zur is really at his fullest potential. I would love it if every week I could go to Zur comb through the entire exotic book like he could have like an exotic book and if I've gotten it, if I've gotten shards of Galanor, I should be able to go to his book and buy an item that for that entire week, if I farm the right activities shards of Galanor is likely to drop there's gotta be a way to empower players to farm for rolls on exotics, especially if energy is gonna be random rolled, as well as the stats Rebel Dog Thoughts on the Prime Ingram leaving and also how they're doing power games with Shadowkeep. First of all, power the Prime Ingram is not leaving. That's that is a complete misrepresentation of what was said. Prime Ingrams will not drop until you're 900. One of the reasons for that is those bigger drops can be really helpful, but you don't need that 5 minutes into the game. So, you're going to bank those charges up while playing from 750 to 900 when you hit 900 they will start dropping. So that is not true. Primes are sticking around. Uh, the leveling changes coming to Destiny. I already did a video about that. Uh, I don't know when that video is hitting the feeds. I think tomorrow it's hitting the feeds. Uh, that's a highlight on my channel right now if you want to watch it. So I thought it was 950, not 900. No, the primes start dropping when you hit 900. So from 900 to 950, you're going to get some extra help from primes with respect to uh, with respect to leveling up. So, yeah, leveling changes is currently a highlight on my Twitch channel if you want to watch it and go to the highlights. It will hit YouTube probably tomorrow. Void Pill. I overall think the leveling changes sound good. The chance of world drops being at level, I don't think is good enough. I think world drops should always drop at your level because you could go th- two hours and not get boots. If you only need boots, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just always drop world drops at my level. That kind of micro grind is not, you're, nobody could really abuse that, especially if you're gap filling. If you want to gap fill before doing some big drop, like a milestone or something, and you need boots, you could spend a, a lot of time and not get boots. So the chance of it dropping at your level, I don't think is needed. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I would prefer them say all world drops drop at your level. It's a great way to gap fill in between pinnacle activities and power, power gram grind. Void Pill. What content do you realistically envision being cut from the game? I personally think Reckoning is a prime candidate. Again, I don't think they're doing this. He made it clear this is going to be part of the actual rhythm of the seasons. A ramp up, a culmination, and then boom, a retiring of that activity. It's going to literally be part and parcel to the storytelling. They're not going to reach into the game right now with existing content you paid for and say, oh yeah, we're just yanking stuff out. We're just taking Reckoning, the Forges, or whatever out. They can't do that. Number one, they didn't tell you that's what they were going to do. Number two, people would be pretty ticked. If you buy, again, if you buy the winter season and they t- and then you go in knowing stuff will be retired you're going in as an informed consumer it wouldn't be very cool for them to start taking stuff out of content you already paid for and you had no concept of them doing that at the time of purchase listen i know a lot of us would be totally fine with them getting rid of reckoning but i don't think they're going to do that hmong light says 
Do you find the A to 1 bounty very annoying when you have to go back to her so often? How can this cycle of bounty weapon grinding be expected? There is a picture of bounties in one of the TWA blog posts, or it was one of the posts from, I think, from Luke Smith, and it has the reload symbol on it. So if you look at your hand cannon uh, reloader right now on a pair of gauntlets, there are four arrows around the hand cannon symbol. It's like a recycled, it's like a bigger recycle symbol, okay, and it makes a diamond. Those four arrows are on new bounties that are coming in Shadowkeep, and my theory is those are reload bounties, meaning you can literally reload them. If I'm wrong and they're just bounties based off of reloading, that'll be kind of lame. I want bounties that can be repeated. That's essentially what the chalice is. When the chalice completes and you get a gun, it gives you the chalice back. Like, watch the feed. You know the feed where it shows you what's dropped and what you picked up? The chalice shows in that feed. Because when you get the gun, it like resets it and gives it back to you. They could do the exact same thing with bounties. So Ada or anybody else who gets bounties like Ada could essentially get that setting and that system uh, I think I missed FX Bingo's 8 month resub I'm sorry about that welcome back Atomic Steak will your Masterwork Solstice be Masterwork when you get the 2.0 version of it no because the new system is that you take them all the way up to Masterwork level 10 that's you investing energy that energy investment allows you to put more mods on it so no it will not be Masterwork 10 because the new system you're getting Armor 2.0 and that's not how they're not going to hand you already maxed out stuff you'll have to invest in that as well but you'll be kind of hitting the ground running uh, Han, uh, Hand Doggy with a brand new Prime sub welcome enjoy the dope badge and emotes and ad free viewing on the channel uh, we do have that turned on temporarily just to test it uh, no ads if you're a sub we'll probably run that all the way to TwitchCon there's some good things coming at TwitchCon that's going to help with the ad issues on, on Twitch but I can't say anything more than that just that there's announcements coming uh, D flawless. Even though D three is way down the road, would you rather them bring all of our gear over or delete our vault again? Personally, uh, if they delete our vault, I don't want to regrind old exotics again. I here's the thing: if they do Destiny three, people just have to come to grips with the fact that you're going to reset and lose stuff. Like this idea that you're going to get all the way to the end of Destiny two and have pinnacle coup de gras everything, and that stuff's just going to carry over to the next game. I just, I, I don't think that's a thing, right? That's not a thing. Like, you've you've got, you, you, you have to leave stuff behind, you know? I'm not saying they take everything from us and then give it all back to us again, re-grind for it. But, like, this idea that they took away my exotics and now I have to get them again. I, I don't resonate with that mindset or that attitude. I just don't understand. When I went from Diablo 2 to 3, I didn't expect anything to come with me. When I went from Borderlands 1 to 2, when I go from Borderlands 2 to 3, I don't expect anything to come with me. Now, somebody might say, well, those are in case stories, Lono. That's not the same. Why can't it be the same? Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are in case stories. They're very different. Yes, it's our guardian. And yes, the story's evolving over time. But this idea that you're going to drop in to a brand new game and already have stuff with you that you don't have to get. I I get wanting to keep emblems and titles. That's totally fine. But that's not the same as asking loot to come with you. I just, I don't know. I I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, Death Starfish. I think removing of content is good. I think they should have been doing this with all the pinnacle weapons. What in one area of the game that you believe could be removed? Oh, what is one area of the game you believe needs removed? I'd be cool with a complete scrap of Gambit and adding something meaningful. Well, they're not scrapping Gambit. They believe in it. They wanted to pick either one or the other or a hybrid of the two. They're not going to leave both of them in. 
Um, so they're not going to start cherry picking pieces of the game and removing them. We've already established why they can't do that. That's content that you already paid for. And there was no concept of them removing content back then. Now, as far as you saying removing pinnacle weapons, I, that, I don't know about that. If you spend a good portion of the season grinding for a weapon, knowing that in a month it's going to get taken away from you, that's pretty that's pretty low i don't think people would like that now i think a lot of people know going into the next season that the mountaintop and the recluse are going to get hit we don't know how hard but more than likely they're going to get hit at least you can continue using them and you would hope that they would adjust them in a way where they're still viable weapons but just not you know raid boss killing weapons or absurd time to kill weapons you know what i'm saying i if he's saying remove the quest Oh, he's saying remove it like they did with pinnacle weapons, but they don't remove the quest. You can still go back and get the old pinnacle weapons. That's not true. Nova hands. Hey, Lono, do you think the EAZ is a good example of content that's there for the season and then gone the next? No, it's not a good example because it's not anything that you paid for. That's the biggest problem. Everybody is misreading this. I've, I've had to correct this so much today. I appreciate that you guys are trying to read it in the best light possible. You're trying to be charitable. You're like, well, maybe they just mean stuff like the Verdant Forest or the EAZ. Man, I love that you guys have that kind of a positive attitude. But when you read Luke Smith's writing, it is clear. In his mind, he's comparing the annual pass that is purchased and the new the new way they've set up the seasonal pass stuff where what is added is then removed they have made he made it crystal clear with his language and i know some people read the second half and they're like yeah but it says events lono it says events he says there were um the this year we'll see events that last for three months and offer new rewards to chase although at the end of that period some of these activities will go away you have to understand when he says that He's speaking with regards to the annual pass, not the seasonal, like, rhythmic of free stuff. He, The impetus is Luke is setting up the stage and saying, if you bought the annual pass, the seasonal pass stuff that you're going to be buying, the purchase content, is going to be structured differently going forward. I, I can't make it any clearer than that. Again, I appreciate that people are trying to be super charitable, but he doesn't need to tell us that free stuff goes away. They've already done that. Verdant Forest and Haunted Forest are perfect examples of content that got dropped in the game for free that went away. He doesn't need to inform us that's coming because that's already something that's coming. If he is marking this content removal as a change, he is not talking about free content because they've already put in free content and removed it. Does that make sense? He doesn't need to say there are changes coming if all he's ultimately saying is Verdant Forest is going to last longer, right? Verdant Force is going to last longer and we're going to take it out. He doesn't need to inform us of that. He's informing us because in their mind, this is a shift. Monetized content, adding activities that are then retired. It's a, it's a brand new concept that is not going to land unless people really start taking the attitude of buying seasonal pass content is essentially a subscription fee to stay in the relevant content. And I think there are going to be people that don't like it and really ridicule it, but overall, I think they're trying to make their game super accessible to newcomers, as well as keeping things super relevant, as well as navigating around the technological limitations of the engine and the old consoles. Like, that's they've got a lot that they're wrestling with, and they're probably just coming to grips with the fact that, like, we don't have a choice here. We can't add content infinitely, and people cluster, and content falls off the radar anyway. 
whether it's the forges in Osiris, Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, the forges in Black Armory, the Reckoning, these things will naturally fall by the wayside and collect dust anyway because we cluster around the new stuff. If we're doing that every season anyway, then there's there's probably legitimacy to what they're doing, even though people may not like it initially. Trip Hazard. Hey, Lono, you mentioned about content being removed after three months with the annual pass. You think it will hurt Bungie with annual pass sales because people can just say, oh, well, if it's added later in the other activities, then I'll just wait and save money. More than likely, they're basing this off of player behavior. They're not making this decision haphazardly. Cover two with 27 months. Thank you. Two months from Master Noodle. Thank you. They're probably looking at player base numbers and saying... The people that are the most engaged, the people that play and purchase DLC, they gravitate towards and they cluster around the new content. And that's what the player base does. So if people are going to buy this new seasonal content for $10, right? The more than likely what they're going to do is buy it, play it, stay in the relevant content, and then be happy to move on to the next thing. They're, again, they're they're basing this off of player behavior. So we've been going back and forth all day about the Apex Legends things on Reddit. But something people need to remember is these super vocal people on Twitter, YouTube comments, and Reddit a lot of times don't represent the engaged purchasing player base. A lot of times they're just leveraging the, the fact that a community is upset because they want to be a part of the mob and they want to spread negativity. Or a lot of times they don't spend the dime in the game and they just go in and complain about everything because that's what they do. They're a complainer. More than likely, Bungie looks at the player base numbers and says, you know, people complain about this or complain about that. The people that purchase the content play it and then move on to the next and then move on to the next. So we're probably not in any danger of losing purchases or player engagement by going this route. If anything, it'll probably help keep the game clean, and then people that come in and maybe miss a season will say, hey, I don't have to play catch-up and go run old content. I can jump right in and play the brand-new relevant content. So I think a lot of people get on Reddit and the forums and Twitter and create this air of, oh, the community is so upset, when it's like, yeah, well, the player base numbers say otherwise. So, you know, you can bang your drum all you want on Reddit. It ain't going to change the fact that player behavior is more than likely in agreement with what they're doing. Bungie's not going to do this and hurt their and hurt their game. They probably know it'll 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 actually function just perfectly fine within the realm of how the player base behaves. That's that's again, that's my speculation, but they they check every single jot and tittle of the stats on a regular basis. Uh Oslik Prime. What if they buy a season and then life happens, quote, and I can't play it? When I come back, it's gone. Do you think Bungie would understand or say too bad? This is just one of those things where I don't think you can legislate to this person. If they are facing technological limitations, if they're facing technological limitations, and they can't just keep adding brand new content... They can't adjust their development cycles and what they deliver around somebody who has life happens, right? They, they can't develop the content for that person. Um, so it's kind of no different than like LFG when the raid is hot for like a month and a half to two months. And then you come back a couple months later because life happened and you're like, hey, let me get on LFG and try and run a raid. And you have a more challenging time doing that because a lot of people have moved on. Well, 
that, that's there's nothing that can be done about that. That's just kind of what happens. Games move forward. Things happen. Even a game as service subscription fee game, that's going to happen. Things are going to move forward. Things are going to get retired. Things are going to become irrelevant. And you missed out if your job or your life or something happened. You know what I'm saying? That's just kind of the nature of it. Um, in a microcosmic way, when I had my appendix out and I was in the hospital for a week and a half, I couldn't go back and be like, hey, Bungie, could you not move my game forward a week and give me all those resets back? No, the game moves forward. I missed out on those opportunities. You know, if there would have been something called Faction Rally or some, you know, week-long event or something that happened when I was in the hospital, I can't I can't ask for things to be, you know, rewound for my life situation. I'm not saying it's not a bummer, but at the end of the day, a video game has to establish its identity and own it, and they can't pivot and legislate and make changes around the the, the ebbs and flow of real life. It's just not possible, you know? Major glory. Luke Smith used the word event instead of activity. In D2, would you say that the repurposed content has been more associated with the world event? If so, does Shadowkeep need a new top-level activity event outside of invasions? Well, again, he used event and activity interchangeably. So this is not a, this again is maybe a slight false summary of what's going on, because he said. This year, you will see events that last two or three months, and although at the end of the period, some of the activities will go away. In his mind, event and activities are kind of interchangeably. They're happening in conjunction with another. So, does do we need another one outside of invasions? Well, yes, we've already seen one called Nightmare Hunt. Now, the question is, here's a question. What are you going to do with the moon if Nightmare Hunt shows up and again he says things are going to conclude things are going to conclude in the story and then the activity is going to go away. So it's possible that at the end of the season we conclude our fight with the nightmares and the Nightmare Hunt activity closes. Okay? And then a new activity comes out that we're, we're doing something else that has to do with the next season story element. Now those guns and weapons and things he said, you know, will be available other places. You'll be able to go somewhere else to try to get the weapons or armor pieces that maybe you missed out on. Maybe you didn't get everything from the nightmare hunt. Okay. So to me, the events changing that are things like beating the raid, things happening on the moon, the events of like, the story unraveling week to week, kind of like the events and story unraveling in the Dreaming City, I could see them saying at the end of the at the end of the season, yeah, man, nightmare nightmare hunt is going away. Something will be replacing it, I, and then people may balk and get angry and say, "I bought Shadowkeep. Why you you can't take that activity away from me?" Now, maybe nightmare hunt will stay, and Luke is only referring to like the seasonal content, but he did seem to indicate stuff in Shadow Keep's gonna crop up, hit a culmination and a climax, and then be retired as we go into the next season. He made that very clear. I don't think he's talking about free events. I don't think he's talking about Vex invasions. Uh just June. If we're getting small game dumps with the new annual pass, do you think we should expect uh bigger game dumps with a major release next fall? If D3 is dropping 2021, if so, what could they possibly get rid of? Again, 
I don't think they're going to be just dumping pieces of the game. We've kind of gone round and round on this. A lot of you guys think Bungie's going to reach into your game and take stuff out of it. This is only for the annual, this is only for the seasonal content beyond Shadowkeep. He's not talking about reaching into your game and taking away like Escalation Protocol. El Pinto Loco. Luke said that PvP isn't part of their core offering for Shadowkeep. I, I, that's, that was an easy prediction to make. I, I, I wasn't surprised by that. Um, which is the same as saying that PvP doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah, I said that another time too, and I got a lot of flack for it. So do you think everything PvP-related being free ends up hurting the mode? No. No. A couple of things about this. You got to keep the funnel full. Like, whenever you monetize PvP, um, monetization of PvP fragments the player base. 343 and Respawn learned this and prove that you don't want to monetize your PvP with Titanfall 2 and Halo 5 making all maps and modes. All those things were always free for PvP. They basically said, traditionally speaking, selling modes and maps fragments your player base, and pretty much every other game in existence now is following suit. They're just saying, look, if we add maps and modes, it's free, because if not, you fragment the player base. Okay, so... I don't think that's going to hurt it. I don't. The other thing is, is that somebody in chat saying good PvP sells. No, I don't think so. I think Crucible and PvP is the lowest revenue generating side of the game, period. Because there's only so much they can do with PvP. Are you really going to try and sell a DLC on another game mode like Gambit? Are, like, And that wasn't even PvP, right? They have a long history of game modes that haven't done well. Whether it's Rift, Breakthrough, Lockdown, Salvage. I mean, there's a, there's a long list already forming of game modes that they've tried to introduce that haven't done well. And if you charge people for those game modes, I just don't think that that works, ultimately. Crucible is never going to be a revenue generator unless they can come up with some sort of ornamental system where you grind all season and get a bunch of dope stuff and then you're motivated to go to the Eververse to buy, like, ornaments for it or something. So, the... The way, you know, the, the way that PvP is set up is just not going to be a driver for Destiny. And if somebody, you know, people in chat are like, well, you know, Halo 2 and 3, to try to act like I don't know what I'm talking about, it, maybe that's why you're referencing Halo 2 and 3. You have to understand, Halo was a single-player game, and single-player games at that time in, in, the, in the evolution of video games, both Halo and Call of Duty, they thrived upon and expanded upon their PvP because it was a linear campaign. That's not the case with Destiny. Destiny is a game of service, hobbyist, live service game where 90% of its content is not PvP. So, I, I just, I don't think PvP is a revenue generating piece of content. More than likely, Bungie, just like how Respawn looked at their numbers and said most of the player base doesn't spend a dime. It's a free to play game and most of the player base doesn't spend a dime. I would wager to say, internally, Bungie looks at their Crucible numbers and says, a huge portion of our daily, weekly, and monthly monthly Crucible player base doesn't spend any money in the game. I would, I would wager to say that. Now, the Pinnacle Weapons... Oh, with the Pinnacle Weapons, as far as I know, they're never going to charge for Pinnacle Weapons. It, Luke made that, seemed to make that clear in a couple of interviews, that they're not going to be doing that. Like, Pinnacle Weapons are a seasonal thing. So they've made it very easy for you to not spend money if you just want to keep playing PvP, okay? Unless, of course, you want to go toward, like, light-level-empowered stuff like Iron Banner, and even then, that's not the meat of the PvP monthly experience. That's, like, a week, and again, you can totally skip it. So when you look at Shadowkeep and, like, PvP not being part of the core offering, 
when has PvP ever been part of the core offering since Taken King? Like, come on, man. Be honest with yourself. Be honest. The core offering for Taken King wasn't PvP. Rise of Iron, core offering wasn't PvP. Forsaken, core offering wasn't PvP. The only time the core offering was when they instituted Trials. And I mean, that was ages ago. So I don't even know. Like They just—they really just haven't ever put that front and center. And I think there's a handful of reasons for that that we've already outlined. And there's even probably more reasons that I've outlined. I think content sells DLC. Content sells content. And it's really, really difficult to say, here is... D- here is content in, in PvP because it fractures the player base and they don't want to do that. So they can't really make PvP the center stage even if they wanted to because they can't monetize it. It breaks everything up. Jinja 300. Do you think this is Bungie's way to ease players into a subscription style model since Destiny's trying to emphasize the MMO aspect? Oh yes, very much so. It, they're boiling the frog slowly in water. I've said this before. If you boil a frog, if you throw a frog in a boiling water, it jumps right out. But if you slowly turn the temperature up, you boil the frog and it has no idea it's been boiled. It's it's pretty grotesque imagery, but that's 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 a that's a picture that a lot of people throw out there. Okay? There's a new trailer on the Destiny Stadia stream. Okay, well we'll have to watch that later. Um I believe they're slowly acclimating us to the idea of regular money being spent to stay in the relevant game of destiny right to stay in the relevant content so every season it's like hey four months ago you spent 10 bucks you spend 10 bucks again here's all the relevant content that's coming a lot of the stuff that you have been previously doing is being retired okay we're running out of space we're running out of space in the game you know D flawless. What if whatever the new activity was introduced was free to play for everyone with an all blue loot pool? Plus those who paid got access to the gear for that season. I don't know. Just spitballing again. You know, this doesn't really deal with the fact that like people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, let me think about this. So the new activity is introduced and it's free for everyone. So let's imagine that nightmare mode is just free for everyone. Nightmare hunts free for everyone, but it's just blue loot. And then if you buy, you get access to the gear. But then the gear goes away too and comes back in another activity. So if you don't earn the gear, I don't know, man. That's 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 dangerous too. That's so dangerous. Guys, we're well aware that Bungie dropped a trailer. I'm in the middle of Q&A, so we won't be watching it right now. At the conclusion of Q&A, we will watch it. Um... I'll end like 10 minutes early so we have time to watch the trailer and get ready for the Jeff Keighley interview. So that'll be in about uh, that'll be in about 40 minutes, okay? We've got a lot of questions still to go through and I don't want to bust it up. People listen to this content later on audio only and I don't want to have a bunch of weird silence or audio from a trailer. Your light's fading. Lono, how does a developer run out of space to expand a game? What is the maximum limit when they say they're referring to a customer storage? Well, I mean, there's just the general memory of, a, of an Xbox and a PlayStation, which, you know, you're able to ba- store so much on the, you know, on, on there. There's that limitation. There's limitations on the engine, what the engine can conceivably hold and show you at a given time. Someone in chat saying pay to win is next. That's freaking laughable. Yeah, people like you said that three years ago and you're still wrong and you'll still be wrong three years from now, but good try. Um, they'll never be pay to win in Destiny. 
So the you know the limitations on the tech, the limitations on the the older consoles like Xbox One and PS4s are actually super old. Uh, they're actually super old. So in the grand scheme of things, this idea that they're not gonna they oh they just add forever, add forever. They don't have dedicated servers. They don't have an engine that was built for an MMO. Like when people play games like ESO and others are like, well, they're always adding stuff. Yeah, well, it was an engine built for it, and it interfaces with with dedicated servers, and a lot of that stuff is held on the server. So it's not on your Xbox. It's not in the game engine, right? That's one of the advantages of having dedicated servers and a better, more agile, more adaptable engine for an MMO. That's something that needs to happen with the next Destiny. And guys, we will watch the new trailer at the conclusion of Q&A. I'm well aware there was a new trailer. Coke Logic. Would it soften the blow of losing content if it was in favor of heightening the story? Something like having Shattered Throne removed because the curse was finally broken. It's also appropriate that Shattered Throne doesn't have a unique loot pool, so no weapons or armor would be removed, which is my biggest concern with losing the content. Right, I... This is this right here is exactly what it sounds like they're doing. There'll be this culmination in this story sort of leading to something with the nightmares and then that activity goes away because the nightmares have been defeated and then there's a new thing in the next season. It's supposed to as you say heighten the story, increase the idea of like we're having an impact on the world. They talked about that in my interview at E3, when I interviewed Deej about Shadowkeep, he said that there's going to be events where you impact the world of Destiny in Shadowkeep, and that's likely what he was already kind of laying the groundwork for and alluding to. Half plugged with 21 months. Welcome back. Eight months from Oakshi, guys. Thanks for those resubs. Commander Tyke. Do you think they should, at the end of the annual pass, make those activities rotate and let the community have an activity for... Uh, to like pick which one to stay no again the danger here is is you're trying to turn the internal workings of the game into a la carte and that doesn't work that doesn't work you got to keep the funnels full and we cluster around activities anyway think about what this does let's say uh, we see this nightmare hunt mode it has matchmaking for the bottom two rungs of difficulty and the hardest difficulty there's no matchmaking for okay that goes away and a new activity comes with the same format. The beauty of that is, is that nobody's sitting there waiting to get matchmaking at the varying degrees of difficulty. Why? Because the funnel is full of differing players. But if you keep letting people go back, right? If you keep letting people go back to old activities, you have a potential to dilute the funnel, making it harder for people that want to run easy, medium, or hard, whatever. The funnel's not as full. So keeping the funnel full of players in relevant content is a value point to the people purchasing the content think about it like this imagine buying the season you you buy the spring season and you're really excited and you want to run this new activity and it's got matchmaking and matchmaking is taking a while and you're not enjoying the content as well as you could why because there's people still playing the stuff from the winter there you know you kind of split the player base up in their new system you buy the new content everybody's playing it full funnel quick matchmaking matching with more people in your region so less lag and less weirdness that happens when there's not a lot of people you know sort of in the funnel so keeping the funnel full is a really important thing and that's a value point every single person purchasing a season wants to play the content and that keeps the funnel full again 
I get that people are going to be like, wait, I don't get it. I bought content and it's going away, but I believe we're being eased into a subscription model where you want to stay in the relevant content, you pay the fee every four months, and I'm fine with that given the type of game that this is. Eclucid. Are there any games that already follow the model of uh, B... 2p MMO light with regular paid expansions that also remove purchase past seasonal content no there's not there isn't and here's the real dilemma that I think people have with destiny as I, fe- I don't feel like people understand the type of game that they're playing people are going to get indignant people are going to throw their hands in the air and be like I spent $10 and you removed an activity and that's not fair and Again, this game, if you wanted to evolve and move forward and do new things, you got to stop asking for both things. You have got to stop asking for both things. I want new content. I want new things to do, Bungie. Uh, Don't recycle stuff. Don't reskin stuff. Give us new. And then they give you new. Well, yeah, but I also want to keep every single old piece of content that I've ever paid for, even though I don't engage with it like really at all, but I want to keep it. That's my point, is the reason I think they're going to take this on the chin and take the criticism from the drive-by tweets and Reddit threads and everything else is because they know, internally, their community does this anyway. So you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're buy the new content and cluster around the new activities anyway. This isn't going to stop anybody from playing. This isn't going to stop anybody from purchasing. If you've been playing Destiny for the last five years, are you really going to balk at $10 or whatever the cost of these annual pass pieces are? You're really going to balk at that price point? Like, well, no, absolutely not, because they're just going to take my content away. Yeah, and in four months, you could spend another $10 and get all new stuff again. Like, that's the kind of game that it is. Accept it or go play something else. Like, that I don't understand why people expect to play a game forever and not charge not like not spend a dime like that's why i really empathize with the guy that he's getting taken to task for calling you know most of the apex audiences freeloaders he actually celebrated by that you know that by the way but all the clickbait liars on youtube and all the misleading gaming journalists that are ripping the con the quote out of context and leaving half of it off because they like to lie to the gaming community because manufacturing controversy and rage is good business but he makes a comment about how most of the audience is freeloaders and they quote unquote love that okay i empathize with him because it's got to be really rough to constantly hear from people who don't spend the dime in your game but complain about how it's you know monetized like what are you gonna do like what are you gonna do you're gonna keep playing destiny 2 and never spend the dime you want to always be able to go back to old content for forever there's just there's got to be a way there's got to be a way for them to keep the game relevant charge you money and not have you constantly feeling like you got to protect every jot and tittle of the game like every piece because you're not playing old content now anyway i get it i know people like to go back to old content i totally understand that but this is the world we live in. There's limitations on the game. There's limitations on the old consoles. If you want to play the new stuff, if you want to play the new content, then pay the 10 bucks and play. If not, go find some other game-as-service game that gives you as much value and satisfaction as Bungie and Destiny and play that and leave us the frick alone. Morgan Morgana God. Bungie has said that they want Destiny to be something you can play with your friends at any time, and that's why any new player will start at 750. They explicitly stated that this is the new, so new players can jump into the content right away. How do you think this approach is retiring activities with, uh, with, will, it'll pair with that philosophy? Do you think the base power will increase as they move through a season? 
we need more information on how the power climb works because the artifact resets every season and it's bonus power for people that don't want to run pinnacle activities to give people that ease of leveling without needing to run pinnacle activities and grind for different things so you're able to like level up every season and then it gets, it gets kind of like reset and I don't know exactly how that's going to work out what are you going to do with max level players at 950 right I, there, there's not a clear indication of how that's all going to work out so guys in about 30 minutes I'm going to end Q&A we'll watch the new trailer and then we'll watch the Bungie stream with Jeff Keeley. so don't go anywhere if you're enjoying yourself and you're enjoying this content I do discussions in Q&A like this all the time if you like it if it's like a podcast radio sound you enjoyed hit the follow button that's a free and easy way to support me your rant was spot on but just go off on the subject for a second that t-shirt you have on is awesome thank you guitar man Dave I'm not seeing character rankings anywhere and everyone will be 750 level 50 at launch. Do you think that they are moving away from that? And if so, what would they do for a while? I, yeah, we don't know. I just had a question about this. We're not really sure exactly how the leveling will work and reset every season, but there is a level of that. There is a level of resetting every season and the artifact plays a part, but we don't know quite yet how that works. To Locker 29, you ever think we might get an old favorite hand cannon back from the Black Garden? Listen, man, don't do that. Don't get our hopes up. We, you know, don't we? We don't want to start thinking about the give me the fight, brother. I don't know if they're gonna do that, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what their decision is, how they're gonna lay it out. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna want to do that with a raid though. Black Garden weapons will probably be an entirely new weapon pool. My biggest want for raid gear is it needs to be a thousand times better than it's been up to this point. Last Wish, Scourge, uh, and 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 Crown of Sorrow are all bad loot pools. They're not impressive. There's nothing specifically ex- excellent about them. Nothing stand out. The armor has no raid intrinsic perks. The guns are not special. They have the, almost every gun in every raid in Destiny 2 has its equal somewhere else in the game except for maybe the Midnight Coup. That's it. Even the threat level, it has its equal in the Ikalash shotgun. Raid gear should not have its equal elsewhere in the game. Give me back Vex, Fatebringer, Genesis Chain. Give that back to me. We need to get back to a place where raid gear stands apart. I don't give two freaking craps about the people that can't run it. If you want to run it, figure it out. If you can't, you don't get the raid gear. Raid gear has been garbage garbage in D2 and I don't, I'm sick of hearing because well people will feel like they're missing out that's literally what aspirational content is designed to do and aspirational content should not have ho-hum weaponry and armory in it it just shouldn't it's it, this, 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 there's no debate here they need to fix that so I don't want them to bring back Fatebringer I just want the raid gear to matter because it hasn't mattered in a long time so uh, Shade with the brand new sub thank you enjoy your dope badge and emotes your dope and deserve dope stuff also when you sub to this channel you get ad free viewing on my channel I know ads have been pretty disruptive on Twitch lately so I added that that feature if you sub to the channel you don't get ads so um yeah Jinja 300 do you think Nightmare Huns will be an activity that will go away after this season I actually do think that is the one that will go away yes because Luke Smith made it clear we're going to be doing something that leads to the culmination that leads to the like the something that retires the activity to me it would make sense for the story to culminate in us defeating the Nightmares and Nightmare Hunts going away and then a new activity like I, I do I actually do think it will be Nightmare Hunt uh, Yeet's Yeet Beans with 5 months welcome back Kratoshi with 18 months, welcome back year and a half, he says ad free viewing you say, sold, thank you for 
the resub. Again, thank you guys for all the if you're enjoying the rants and the and the passion. This is just something that I do on a regular basis. Again, if you like it, click that follow button. That's free. You don't have to sub to the channel. Following is free. Slayer X. Bungie talked about refreshing how we earn powerful gear each season. Do you think there is a chance these removed activities will be tied to power drops to keep us doing the new things? Well, yeah. If you looked at the screenshot of uh, Nightmare Hunt, it had a, a powerful engram attached to it. And if that is, in fact, the thing that gets retired, then that'll, that yeah, that will be a, a, a loss of, of power gain, and we'll have to have a new thing to replace that power gain. Um, Krat Co. Could artifacts have random rolls? I don't think so. No, they, they, they made it sound like artifacts will be something you invest in every season, and it resets, and it adds seasonal, I think they even called it like seasonal perks. So there seems to be a theme with Shadowkeep centered around auto rifles, hand cannons, bows, and was that it? Auto rifle, hand cannons, and bows, right? Those were the three that we saw on the artifact that you can add like perks to. They're going to do that. Now, one of the reasons they might do that is that's a great way to kind of like make the meta shift. Um, well, yeah, we saw things in the reload. I'm talking about the perks that we looked at that, like, add the, the shield-ignoring perks and stuff. I'm not talking about the reloading perks. I don't think we saw an SMG perk in that lane. But in any case, whether I'm right or I'm wrong, what I'm talking about is each season they could say, oh, hey, you don't like the, uh, you don't like running pulse rifles right now? Here you go. You got a new you got a new pulse rifle perk this season that does X, Y, and Z. So that kind of shifts people. They're able to kind of shift the meta around. So we're not all running around with hand cannon shotgun, hand cannon shotgun, hand cannon shotgun. You know, I actually looking at that one auto rifle perk that adds disruption with sustained damage, you might see a ton of auto rifles in the nightmare hunt because of that specific perk alone making auto rifles function in a way like listen, I'm not saying Bungie takes ideas from me, okay? But the sustained damage perk idea on an auto rifle is something I've talked about numerous times on how to make auto rifles viable in PvE. I have always said, do something with sustained damage. If I can sustain damage on a target, do something with that. Chain lightning, a suppression field, a blinding field, something. And it sounds like they took they took that idea and shoved it right on the artifact. So if you're using an auto rifle and it's like breakneck and you can keep sustained damage and keep it going, you might get a really, really good benefit from that. So... That could be a great way to be like, yeah, I'm not running hand cannons right now. They've made auto rifles really viable with the right configuration, you know? You uh, you talked about intrinsic damage effects like the new void grenade weakened thing. Yeah, I, I talked about that too. Good memory, Zach. <laughs> they, they, take, <laughs> they take so many of my ideas, I forget about some of them. <laughs> I'm being tongue-in-cheek here. Ash and Hollow. Are you worried we'll be able to craft guns using the artifact? It doesn't seem like it. Seems like the perks that you unlock are applied as a mod. That's an automatic limitation in what you do on the gun. The rolls didn't seem to be affected at all. It was actually a mod. Um, so... Shadow Fox Gaming. So far, from what you've seen, do you do builds being a must for the end game? Well, if there's if there is a difficulty spectrum, we saw the difficulty spectrum of the Nightmare Hunt going all the way up to 950, and a lot of modifiers on there. Yes, yes, I 100% think I 100% think builds and loadouts are going to become a huge part of that end game. 
they're experimenting they're always experimenting so if if this works if nightmare hunt works then every season there can be new difficulty spectrum and new modifiers new auto new artifact modifiers that are going to influence your loadout and give you that reason to maybe chase new stuff or make changes to your loadout and then you're playing a little bit differently and then you feel fresh and you feel renewed even though they're not giving you brand new supers brand new attunements right you're pivoting things around the activities themselves i think that can be a really really enjoyable time Detromax. Lono, did you see the appearance section also applies to legendaries too? Yeah, appearance seems to be where they're just throwing the shaders. We don't know if that's also going to be where they put, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to do transmog, like ornamental transmog on guns, because initially it seems to only, the ornamental system on armor only applies to Eververse. So, yeah, Savage Sushi with two months, thank you. And Velociraptor with 12 months, that's a whole year, that's a red badge, welcome back. Envy says, I think that was the breakneck with Kill Tally in the video. No, it wasn't. It killed, it was the, it was the, the, what's it called? The, the machine gun that has Kill Tally. It was the pinnacle weapon, um, that has Kill Tally. The 21% Delirium, the 21% Delirium. It was not the, uh, it was not the breakneck. Do you think that all pinnacle weapons have random rolls? I mean, no, you misread the video, so no, that's not what it was. I don't think they're going to do that. Sweet Cheeks, does it look like the weapons are getting the 2.0 treatment or no? I'm sort of confused by the picture. Okay, here's my theory on weapons. You guys have heard it quite a bit. I don't think they're giving anything away about the weapon system just yet. Luke Smith says he doesn't want to ruin, doesn't want to spoil anything they're doing with the weapon system. Now, if the only thing you're doing with the weapon system is those artifact mods that we saw, that's pretty disappointing. At the very least, maybe they'll give us random rolls on all the weapons in the game so I can get a random rolled old-fashioned or something, okay? I happen to think there's bigger changes coming to the weapon system, and they're not showing it. They're purposely taking builds to Gamescom and PAX and all the others, and they're, they're not showing us the big weapon changes, okay? My theory is the week before or the week of that Borderlands 3 launches, the week before or the week that Borderlands 3 launches... I believe Bungie will do a stream or a post or some form of an announcement outlining the huge weapon changes as well as potentially announcing the Galahorn. I think they do that as like, we're going to get out in front of the Borderlands 3 launch and we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to make that our big announcement. If they're going to, if they're going to hold on to weapons changes announcements, I think that's when they do it. They're going to, they're going to hold on to that for a while. That's what I think they're going to do. That's my, that's my theory. That's my guess. I don't, people are like, oh, we're going to get the Galahorn during Solar Week. Absolutely not. No. They're trying to sell DLC, dude. They're trying to sell DLC. They're not going to throw Galahorn during a free Solar Week at the end of Season of Opulence, right? Whatever, if there is a rocket launcher during Solar Week, it's going to be Dragon's Breath. Soldier on Music. What risk reward mechanics would you like to see added to the finishers? Seeing the heavy brick drop from the finisher seems to open up a bunch of options. Well, people said it spends half of your super energy, so that's risk-reward. Going up to something and punching it is dangerous in a game where, you know, a lot of us are getting physics, and a lot of people get killed whenever you do that because you focus the aggro. If you're moving toward the enemy, you generally become their priority target, and that's when you get, you know, eliminated. Um, I can see this coming into Gambit. Huge, right? If you're constantly doing finishing moves but you need half your super, that's risk-reward, right? You're risking dying, you're risking losing moats, you're literally spending super energy to get a heavy brick, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there'll be an intrinsic, there'll be some intrinsic risk-reward anyway, because you closing those gaps and trying to get up on top of the enemy automatically comes with risk. 
so uh what now max tv i have some friends that want to buy the complete collection and get started early before the the expansion comes out what should be their goal since everyone is giving 750 for free getting as many exotics or level 50 or i know it's hard for me to tell them I don't honestly don't know what you would tell them if they're jumping in right now and they have like a month and a half to play I would say level up and get to the point where you're comfortable with the game and you understand the economy grinds and maybe just grind for enhancement cores I think enhancement cores are going to be huge because they're part of the the armor 2.0 they're part of infusion so I would think get as many enhancement cores and currency as you can whether they're just constantly breaking down gear and getting the the weapon parts uh you've also got the mod economy you know what I'm saying like so um is scrub machine gun still going off about pay to win alright I want to read this because he actually decided to type something up let's say a powerful weapon like the Jotun is included in DLC and you spam that baby the entire match and win the game for your team and with a bunch of low skill kills how, how is that not to pay to win I'm trying to agree with you guys I know what a sin it is to disagree with the, the herd just convince me why it's not that's all I ask first and foremost in a game like Destiny buying content that comes with new gear is not pay to win that's the way the game is designed okay so your entire argument basically let me reverse it back around to you let me give you your way okay we never ever want to have a pay to win situation so that means shadow keep all the loot needs to suck all the potential rolls on the new gear needs to suck we don't want to have a pay to win situation going on right if we oh that'd be terrible we don't want to have any of the annual pass content have good gear what in the blue frick are people going to buy the content for then the reason people buy content in destiny is to chase cool new loot that cool new loot has the potential to be really strong in the crucible also keep in mind the pinnacle gear up to this point has been a part of the free seasonal rhythm so if you want to get the mountaintop if you want to get the recluse those are free items those are not charged for But again, if I give you your way, you're basically passively arguing that all new content should have junk loot, so it's not pay to win, right? Never said it's a bad thing, I'm calling it as I see it. You're calling it incorrectly, though. Pay to win is is classically, again, classically, you're developing your own definition, which is bogus anyway. That's a fallacy. That's called special pleading, but that's beside the point. Pay to win is traditionally defined as the ability to, with a microtransaction, buy power that equals win. Okay? That is traditionally what pay to win equals. Pay to win does not equal buying a DLC in an RPG loot-based game that comes with cool new loot that then gives me power in the Crucible. That's not true. That's not pay to win. Pay to win is a more one-to-one transaction of power that equals the ability to win easier. You're taking a word and a phrase that typically does not work in this realm and applying it to a category it doesn't apply to. You're not, it doesn't work. That's why people are telling you politely, I guess. I mean, I, 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 I took a chunk out of you. That's not, it's moronic, dude. You, you can't do that. Again, you're basically asking them to always add junk to the game because you don't want to have a, a, a pay to win. It's not pay to win. Now, I would get side by side with you and I would link arm in arm if you could go to the Eververse and buy a God Roll shotgun that everybody wanted, right? That's pay to win, okay? That's pay to win. I would lock arm in arm with you and be like, this is garbage. Don't do it. Come on, Bungie. Why are you doing this? Bungie would never do that, okay? So. 
I got tired of seeing it in the chat and decided to step in. Dad had to step in. Greg Kubia with Shadowkeep. Uh, who would miss the Drifter stuff or even Menagerie? Again, again, you can't reach into old DLC and start taking stuff out. Um, it's just one of those things. Um, it's not moronic. I was just confused on what pay to win is. I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just trying to show you why people like bristled at your comment because we've been playing Destiny for five years. They've always added DLC that has cool new stuff in it. That's just like the nature of Destiny. We've never seen anybody say that's pay to win. So, and again, pay to win is traditionally thrown around as a dirty word on the internet. People don't understand it. They're like, oh, that's pay to win. Anytime there's microtransactions, I hear people saying it's pay to win. I've had people say that about microtransactions that are vanity only. It's like, it's, you'd be surprised how many people just throw around pay to win just haphazardly. Um, I wrote that before Q&A started. You can skip it. Yeah, I've answered this a lot about not being able to reach into old DLC and take content away from people. So, uh, Saturn, how are you liking Shadowkeep from what you've seen? I think it looks fantastic. I'm very excited. Billy Schultz, do you think this adding and removing content seasonally is a way that they can make quicker changes to the new content, i.e. feedback from those events can be implemented into new seasonal content in the future. Hopefully content that is perceived well can be added in permanently in the future. I love where your head's at. Here's why I think this is an unlikely benefit. I love where your head's at, but parallel development still going to be going on more than likely the activity that's being designed for the winter DLC the winter annual pass the winter with the winter season is is being developed at the same time that nightmare hunt is being developed parallel development is still going to be a potential pitfall a bungee setup because if they want to stay ahead of the curve they got to be designing stuff for winter and spring and shadow keep all the same time okay so shadow keep midnight hunt lands Midnight, I'm sorry, Nightmare Hunt lands. Okay, Nightmare Hunt lands, and two months into the content, the general feedback from the community is it's too stingy, or there's not enough agency, okay? Well, they don't know that until we're in the content, so when they were developing whatever's happening in the winter, they haven't received that content yet. They can't, like, jump to the future, get the feedback, and then rewind time, and then start working on whatever's landing in the winter. So parallel development and developing for things ahead of the time is always going to be a potential challenge. Here's why I think everything from this point on will be in a better place, okay? They've gotten significant feedback about the intentionality from the Ada Bounties and the intentionality in the agency in the Menagerie, okay? In six months, I don't want to hear from Luke Smith that we didn't know how much people were going to like XYZ if XYZ very much so was represented in the Menagerie and in, in, in Ada's Bounties. You're going to get to the point where I don't accept that as an excuse anymore, with reckoning, I was like, okay, I, you know, and even at the time I told people, I was like, more than likely, this was already being developed by a separate team, and they didn't know that Ada's bounties were going to be so praised and so loved. But at the same time, Bungie's not stupid. You know your freaking audience. Like, you know we like purposeful grinds. You guys are the ones who said and came up with the phrase purposeful grinds in really old vid docs. Like, you know that we like purposeful grinds. So stop acting like you're in the freaking dark about that, okay? I'll accept it, okay, with reckoning. But from here on, I don't want to freaking hear that. I, I don't want to hear and see content that lacks purposeful grind, player agency, and intentionality and have to hear about like, well, you know, parallel development. We didn't know you guys liked that. Okay, well, if five, 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 five years of Destiny, if you guys haven't tuned into the fact that we really like intentional grinds like the Menagerie and like the Ada Bounties, if you haven't picked 
up on that. The time is now. Write that on a dry erase board somewhere in permanent marker. And that way all future content can be influenced by that. So I don't think we're going to get a bunch of reckoning fumbles from this point on. Hopefully not, right? Hopefully not. Because if that'd be one of the things where at that point we have to say, listen, you guys... You guys have been doing this long enough. You're, you you have to know that we don't want more reckoning drop rates. We don't want more reckoning fumbles. Mike Quad. What kind of fallbacks would we have if we get a bum season? I agree with you that the community is making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm just worried about another season of the dud. Drifter. Excellent question. Well timed with what I just said. I happen to think that at this point in time... They've received enough information and enough insight that that better not freaking happen again. Because listen, like I said, w- with Reckoning and everything else, I-, I didn't necessarily gave them a pass. I still criticize the content, but I try to remain measured. I try to understand like a lot of times these things are being developed at the same time. They were probably working on Reckoning and everything else. But to a certain degree, okay, there's no excuse going forward for having junk content with no intentionality. Reckoning is bad. I don't even care about your parallel development like reasoning. It's bad, okay? Now, I know Luke's gonna say, well, we designed a lot of the content around the supers. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I'm not even talking about that. The reward structure in Reckoning is literally terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I, you don't need you don't need to, to, to learn from you know Black Armory to know that the reward structure in Reckoning was just absolutely awful. I, I mean, if you want to talk about the rhythm of the enemies and like designing the content for Well of Radiance and Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, we can have that conversation. I'm not even talking about the combat. Logistically, zoom out, look at the content from a logistical standpoint. How do people get loot from Reckoning? How did you not look at that and say, this is trash like the players are never going to have any agency over what they get and the loot pools like decently sized there there's no excuse for that and that better not happen ever again again i i I don't i don't think you you don't need to look into a crystal ball to know rhythm of reward and agency is something that we've prized for a very long time i mean for frick's sake skeleton keys in d1 with with nightfalls in the imago loop How'd you not look at that and say, man, players really like an intentional grind. Holy frick, maybe we should make that a value point in all of our future content loops and uh, and loot pools. What a freaking novel idea that has its existence in Ada's Bounties and the Menagerie. So, uh, Telokor says, how long will they be showing how the new exotics play and support DPS and endgame activities? How long will they be showing... I don't, I don't know. I don't understand your question. They've already shown us some loadouts. There's probably going to be a lot of different loadouts that you can come up with with exotics. Northern J, do you believe the three exotic swords from D1 will be brought back since we are returning to the moon? Zero idea, dude. I mean, personally, I would just like swords to be an energy weapon and cut their damage and ammo capacity. And then if you want to bring back the exotics, have them work within that lane. I don't think swords function as a power weapon. Knockback's too significant. Most of the really most of the effective heavy weapons function in a way that like, why am I going to get a sword and bum rush some enemy? It makes more sense to bum rush and gut bust majors and mini bosses and shielded enemies, which a sword functions very well in that regard. Therefore, it should be an energy weapon. Even if you make Raze Lighter and Dark Drinker and all 
Kalos energy weapons and you rein in their they rein in their damage to where they function as an energy weapon, I think that'd be totally fine. Because then it could be similar to how the Outbreak Perfected, if used properly, the Outbreak Perfected kind of left its lane as a primary weapon. You could have that happening with those swords, right? It's an exotic. It kind of deserves to leave its lane a little bit. They could be pretty good at damage, but still generally an energy weapon. I think that'd be totally fine. Now, if you want to say, no, 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 move swords to energy weapons, Lono, but when we can have the Dark Drinker and the, and the Raze Lighter and the whatever the frick the other one was, you can have those B heavy weapons. I'd probably okay with that, but they better be strong as frick because, I mean, even if they nerf spike nades, grenade launchers are just so nice because of how fast you can shoot them. Was it the bolt casters? That was it called? You know, grenade launchers, rocket launchers need some help. You know, you got a lot of things. So, and I know people are like, oh my gosh, Crucible. Again, you could manage the ammo economy of swords in Crucible. It wouldn't be that difficult. Gears. Vet. Would you like to know why they let PvP stagnate in its broken state for so long with broken roaming supers and free kill exotics? Yeah, because that's not what sells DLC. It's that simple. (laughs) I'm sorry. People don't like me saying that, but the Crucible crowd ain't a priority because it ain't revenue generating. They're trying to they're trying to survive and float as a self-publishing game. You think they're going to focus their attention on the side of the game that generates no revenue or they're going to focus their attention on the side of the game that's going to put money in the bank so they can keep making video games. Like which do you think they're going to focus on? Now, they're not done. But if they're going to bring back trials, that's why they're putting 3v3 elim in crucible abs. If they're going to bring back trials, they know everybody wants 3v3 elim. They're going to put 3v3 elim in a testing environment so they can get it right so you know it's just one of those things I I don't I don't like here's the thing hear me out I'm giving you the harsh truth it doesn't mean I'm not sympathetic to my crucible brethren here okay this is one of the most satisfying shooters in existence it's a crying shame they haven't been able to get the crucible right for five years it is one of the best I love watching people play Crucible. I've been seeing Lil Sonic's clips from, you know, the the, the, the the tournaments and, you know, his snipe shots and stuff. I freaking love, I love it. It looks so good. It looks so crispy and good. There's just something about Destiny. I believe Destiny could be a, a premier arena shooter and people would watch it it'd be entertaining if you're gonna watch an arena shooter with respect to esports it's gotta look like destiny now destiny ain't ever gonna be esports without dedicated servers and a whole lot and an overhaul okay but the way that it looks just the way that it looks if you're gonna watch an arena shooter you're gonna want to watch destiny you know, and I, 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 people watch Apex. Apex is probably the second most satisfying shooter, you know, because it's Respawn. Respawn, their shooting mechanics are, are as crisp as crisp gets. But there is something special about Destiny. And it is a shame that the Crucible just hasn't ever landed and got its footing. It's always been a limping horse, okay? It's just, it's always been a limping horse. And it's unfortunate. It's like going... It's like going to a horse farm and seeing this giant, just beautiful horse. Oh my gosh. And then it limps. You're like, oh, that's unfortunate. It can't really run very fast. It can't do all the things that you want a big, strong horse to do. It's a bummer, you know? And 
I would love for them to get to a place where Crucible functions as we want it, but there's a handful of things that stand in that way. It's a space magic game where you can throw black holes at people. It's you got exotic armor pieces that completely change the, the you know the rhythm of battle and the rhythm of power. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are always going to keep us from it ever being that premier arena shooter, right? And another reason why, like, Bungie's probably never really going to want to go that route and put a lot of, like, money in the basket of saying, let's get this to an esports arena level. Arena shooters are on the way out. So as far as the spectacle and the audience are concerned, as far as generating money and viewership for tournaments, arena shooters are just on the way out, which there's nothing you can do about that. Fortnite and PUBG and H1Z1 was an evolution of player expectation with respect to both the experience as well as what they get to watch. The landscape has completely shifted. People want to watch Fortnite. They want to watch Apex. They want to watch the big BR battles. And prize money and viewership for like things like Call of Duty and like a more more arena style shooters is just going to consistently go down and that has nothing to do with what's better or what's worse that has to do with the next generation's expectations being completely changing right the Call of Duty World League again that's it though right now like are you if you're going to try and enter the landscape as an arena shooter there ain't a lot of room you got Call of Duty World League, and that's pre- that's basically it. Like Call of Duty is like it. It's the only small-scale arena shooter that we see really in esports to any high degree of viewership or prize money. There's just what do I mean by arena shooter? Arena shooter typically typically refers to smaller arena battles, six v six, three v three. You're in an arena. You're not in a big open area like a BR. So yeah, Overwatch. In Halo MLG, but again, the viewership and prize money for those is just, it's not even, it's not even on the same, like, ballpark. Fortnite just really, really changed the game, unfortunately. There's nothing you can do about that. BR is going to be on the way out, in my opinion. No, viewership is going up. Prize money is going up. National, national known, knownness, the notoriety of BR is going up, not going down. It's going in the opposite direction. CSGO beats COD by a lot as far as viewership. Yeah, I forgot about CSGO. Man, CSGO is just the thing that will not die. Um, Overwatch is a hero shooter. Yeah, but it's still arena style. It's still arena in size. Arena typically refers to the size, not the genre. Right? They're, they're very different. 17 months from clear below. Thank you. Um... Shooter man. Okay, so we've got time for basically one more question because I want to give us an opportunity to watch the new trailer. So if you're listening to this Q&A session elsewhere, we've been kind of having to wrestle with live fire announcements. So some of these Q&As have gotten cut short. So if you're even here right now and you're kind of bummed, I'm not going to get to your question. We'll probably do another. I'll do like an initial reaction response video in Q&A, maybe. So I'm actually not even going to... I'm going to take one more question and then we're going to pivot to watching the trailer and then we're going to watch the live stream. So don't go anywhere if you're here live. We're going to we're gonna shift gears here to watch all the awesome new stuff. Uh, Shooterman says, With the removal or possible removal of season pass content that has been paid for, do you think this is a result of the community not really sounding the alarm when they remove trials from D1 uh, that we got from paid DLC? 
I mean, to try to claim that we didn't sound the alarm, I, I don't I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think people were very angry and have consistently been angry about this and have sounded this alarm. I, I don't agree with this. Um, I also don't think Bungie's like, well, they let us do it with trials, let's do it again. I don't think that's the, the sentimentality. It's clear that it has more to do with technical limitations as well as constantly delivering relevant content and keeping people in the funnel. It's not about... It's not about them taking content from you and being like, well, they let us do it with trials. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's screw the player. I don't think that's the that's the idea. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna cut I'm gonna i I'm gonna do an outro here for QA and we're gonna watch the new trailer. We'll probably watch it a couple of times and come over it. And then we're gonna watch the live stream. Bungie's gonna reveal more stuff with Jeff Keeley. We may do a reaction video and QA to follow that to give there's over two thousand people here right now. So you guys wanna be given the opportunity to discuss it. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching elsewhere, uh, I appreciate you engaging with the content. If you're here live, click follow. Clicking that follow button when you're here live is a free way to support me. If you're listening and watching the other locations, click the link below to come hang out with us when we're live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.